everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast podcast. I'm excited to uh, have another amazing guest on this week. We've had some amazing support over the last several weeks, and I just want to thank all of you for listening and sharing this with everyone you know. It really means so much to me. Uh, today, um, I have Scott Paul on our Belief Cast, and he's an amazing individual who's done some amazing things in his life. Uh, He's got a very unique story, and I'm excited for you guys to get to know him today. He's got a very powerful belief system around business and, and the way he conducts his life. And um, so welcome, Scott. Thank you for having me on your show, Todd. <laughs> You're welcome. It's bright and early, and uh, so I appreciate you getting up early and joining us. <laughs> no problem. I know when I first asked you, you're like, really? You said 6.15, right? Yeah, yeah, 6.15 a.m. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Scott... Uh, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, kind of a little background, where you grew up, a little bit about your family, and and then kind of go from there. Yeah. My uh, youth was mostly in Northern California. Went to school in, uh, and I uh, was the uh, typical kid that was often in trouble. I like to think that I was the first uh, generation of, you know, true, the true ADD, I, I was prescribed the medicines for ADHD back when it was, no one else had that and stuff. That was, that was, right. that defines right there my kind of childhood. I was, <laughs> I was a kid that was often uh, in the class uh, getting in trouble. And I, I think back on that a lot because that had a lot to do with what I became today. But uh, yeah, so I'm, I grew up in California and the high school, middle school, I moved to here in Utah and, uh, I've always enjoyed learning and uh, you know excelling in, at school, but it always was difficult for me. I think to um, kind of find outlets for my passion and my energy. So right. did, did did okay in school, but you know definitely even after moving here to Utah in high school and stuff, always found myself doing alternative things to keep my keep my brain entertained. Right. Uh, mostly Re- mostly goofing off. How how old were you when um, you think? Diagnosed you with I think ADD? I was, I think I was, uh, it was like first grade. Oh, really? Really young? Really young, really young yeah. Okay. I had to take, I, I think every grade I had to meet with my teacher and get a note and sent home every day of, you know, was I bad or good? I just remember having to <laughs> take this bad or good note home to, yeah. to my parents. And I got like so many of them in a row that were good, they throw like an ice cream social for my class or something. <laughs> that didn't make that didn't make me happy, by the way. This isn't what, right. I didn't really know how to do things back then. But it's like, if Scott's good for you know a full thirty days, we'll we'll play kickball on his behalf, or we'll have ice cream social. So I did not like I did not like how they singled me out and like would That's reward a lot of pressure for a little yeah. kid too. Yeah. Well, they thought it would be a reward, but it was it was more pressure, and it was kind of. And then when it does happen, the whole class is playing kickball because Scott was good for thirty days. That was that was not like what I wanted to be recognized for. So yeah, it was, right. it was a little bit weird. And, you know, I guess they were experimenting in California at that time, middle of the 80s. But, uh, <laughs> um, so, you know, that has a lot to do with how I believe and what I think now and why I have succeeded, I think, in business is, is being always kind of on the fringe and out and out, you know, being told that I'm different or, mm-hmm. and then I, so I had quickly had to get skin that's pretty thick towards you know, my opinions and, you know, I kind of have to go, I always went against the grain, but that ended up being a huge strength in, in what I do now and, yeah. and how I, um, kind of 
create businesses and, and invest in businesses and see the world essentially. Yeah. Well, before we get into that, let's go back. Um, you know, that pressure you had as a little kid that, you know, Hey, 30 days and the class gets the reward and yeah. starts kind of, you said in first grade and yeah, what, what beliefs did that kind of start cultivating? Cause that had to have been pretty tough for a first, second, third grader to be dealing with. Like, yeah. Um, I thought I was, I was pretty sure I was, uh, different in a bad way. I didn't think I was graded on a curve back in the eighties. So I, mm -hmm. I'd have to stand up when I, my math test was in the D range and stuff. And there were a lot of, a lot of smart people in Northern, uh, California at the time that could do really well. And so my, I started to be, I started thinking, uh, and I had really smart, like younger brothers and, and stuff. And I'm just. I quickly started believing that, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm gonna, I'm on the track to not even be homeless. I remember thinking very clearly, like, if I ever own a home in my life, I'll be lucky. Like, I'm, wow. I'm going to be a, probably a homeless mom. That was my, really? that was like the belief I had about myself. So anything above homelessness was, was going to be <laughs> success for me. And, and, really? it, and it started, yeah, early. And I, but I didn't want to take these pills they're giving me because I also had this belief that's like, I'm not, I'm going to do this all natural. So I remember my mom would drive me to the psychologist or whatever, psychiatrist, and I'd run away and like, I'd get out of the car and just jet down the street really? and I wouldn't go to this. I'd not want a medicine or somebody changing. I'm, I'm, I had this belief though, that like I'm who I am, who I am and I didn't want to, to be altered and uh -huh. I wanted to succeed without anything. And that was really, uh, that was a strong thing that I would do at that young age is like, there's just some, something nice is kept telling me like, you got to do this with, you, you know, who you are, but not with that. But if you can avoid any yeah. intake of, and I, and I don't know if that was good or bad. I, to this day, I'd never have taken any uh, medication for, which was probably severe ADHD at the time. And still, it still is. If you ask my wife, <laughs> but, <laughs> right. but I, but I've, I've, I've just said, no, this is actually, this is actually been a strength. Um, if I can turn this into a strength and I don't think I realized that at the age there, I actually just thought I'm a failure, but I started, I started realizing that, um, I, I can turn that, that what other people are seeing as a stigma or a, or a handicap essentially into, um, what makes me, me. And so yeah. I didn't want to self-medicate through, um, Adderall or Ritalin or whatever it was at the wow. time. That's pretty incredible to have that kind of mentality at a young, young age. Like I want to do this all natural. It was, just, it was stubborn though. I was more stubborn. Like it yeah. was more of like I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why I had that mentality. I don't know if it was a show I saw or what. But I just at a young <laughs> age would run away from that, from those those psychologists. I was just I'm like, no, I want to be me. And that was, yeah. it was a, it was a. I don't, I don't know what what belief system I had really to to uh, act that way. But I just I knew. I knew I didn't want to be altered. I don't know how to explain right. that. And, and, if, and you said also you had a little bit of a fear that you didn't want to be homeless. Like you thought maybe is that yeah. Give well, us a little more information on that. Well, I just think I, uh, I just think uh, you know it's funny what people can tell you in your life. But there's a teacher who said we lived in a pretty affluent area of California, and and this teacher was just just not, I really liked the guy, but this was not something you're supposed to say to kids. He said. You guys will all be lucky if you guys have even close to the the wealth of your parents. I mean, he's just trying to say like this is how good the times are and stuff. Right. And and, and you know, and, and so I just thought I just thought like that's the cap and like mm -hmm. I I you know if I can just even get a job and make <laughs> money and stuff and 
So right. he kind of put a cap on like he just kind of told the whole class that we're, you know, we're going to be lucky to 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 see anything like that. And it was just I t- I interpreted it totally different. Like I'm I'm gonna, you know, never never uh, quite measure up to what they already have. And it's not like they were that well because it wasn't it was kind of a it wasn't it wasn't I wasn't setting the, the sights very high because of that comment and stuff. Just how I and then yeah. knowing where I stood in that class that he was telling that to, I was the d-level student <laughs> and i'm just like this is i'll be lucky to get it wow. you know do anything but rent for the rest of my life that was just kind of what i was thinking as third and fourth grade wow yeah what a thing to say to third and fourth graders. <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean I, th- I think you meant well but it was just uh yeah. just didn't, didn't inter- I interpret it well, you, know, you, know, you had those things that you remember from oh, yeah. that just changed everything and like Absolutely. That, that belief went on for years thinking every yeah. time i did better every time i thought maybe i'm going to someday get a you know get a have own a home that was like me breaking through this yeah. thing i carried for 10 years oh yeah well that's a lot of times how belief systems are formed we hear something from a teacher or an authority figure i had a client who and i think i've shared this with you before scott that he heard in fifth grade the teacher tell his parents your son's not very bright at parent teacher conference mm-hmm. and this poor fifth grader hears this mm-hmm. and he's thinking i must be stupid yeah so from that point forward he's like man i guess i'm not very bright Yep. And that affected his whole life for like 40 years. Absolutely. So, anyway. That's, so That happened. They had the gifted, they had this gifted program in California. I don't think they, maybe they call it that still, but it's like there was a cutoff and you saw the kids leave. The gifted kids would get up and leave. And I never made that gifted, you know, cutoff. Wow. So, so you're telling, you're, you're literally telling the remaining 20 kids that they're, yeah. you know, they don't sit there and go like, oh, those kids are above average. They sit and look at themselves saying, we're, we're all idiots. We're idiots. If, yeah. if they're thinking about it the right way, it's like, well, yeah. why, why did I miss the gifted program? And they yeah. would just so distinctly have these kids leave to go do field trips to the aquarium and everything else while you just sat around and did uh, more more testing and learning and stuff. And I, I was a pretty wow. perceptive, precocious yeah. kid at the time thinking, sure. this is the stupidest thing ever, but, yeah. but, but I'm definitely not on the. But I'm definitely on the stupid side. I, I have to. I have to start making a story for this. Like, what is it about me? Like, I. I feel gifted. I feel special. I feel like I had that Harry Potter or like a syndrome of this underdog kind of thing where like I'm not. I, I shouldn't be here. I've got to figure out. I got to beat this system because right, this is. Yeah. A, and, I, and I never took that as like that's the way it should be and that, the, you know, the top, ten percent should go off and less the less the rest should stay. I I, I knew from the beginning that that's a bad system. And like I had enough understanding that I'm going to beat that someday. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a statement about yeah. those type of programs that were created to that don't really do the right thing for kids. So wow, I love that because you know one of the things I teach my clients is that life happens for you. Mm-hmm. You know even so if we look at it that way, that's kind of what you were saying. Like okay, if this is what it is, I'll, I'll I'm going to do this. I'm going to show everyone wrong, or yeah. I'm going to prove it to myself or what have yeah. you. And you looked at it as a positive. Yeah. Yeah, so. I, yeah, I did try to flip it that way, or at least it energized me to. I didn't feel great about it, but I, I, I energized, it energized me to fight to, you know, right. to to prove to them that I'm gifted too, or that I that the talents that you guys test for aren't the only things out there. There's right. other there are other things that people can be gifted in, and uh, you know, I went out and tried to prove to the world that it wasn't just going to be test scores that right. that I that, that prove someone's ability to function in this world. Wow, that's awesome. Very cool. So you're in California up until how about, old? about ninth grade. Okay. I moved here to Utah. Moved here to Utah, and so what? So what's high school did you go to here? Um, Lone Peak, but it was American Fork, and that turned into Lone Peak. Okay. So I went. I had a year of 
Talk about that transition when you moved here. Was that a difficult time for you? Actually, it really was, yeah. At the beginning, I, I was the California kid that came to uh, a pretty affluent neighborhood of Alpine, Utah, that had peer groups that were already created, and, you know, you're the outsider. And, again, me being a pretty defiant kid growing mm-hmm. up, I didn't, I didn't, I'm not a, I'm not a follower of a nature. I don't, I don't really right. go and try to find a group and do whatever they do to be cool and fit in. <laughs> And so that was, it's hard to do it, You know, a lot of those, when you start getting herd mentality, you kind of have to do those things when you get to a new area to kind of get into a social group. And I wasn't that person. So I had, I held out for many years being myself and it was, I got, you know, bullied and teased a little bit for the first little bit. And really? then by high school, most of the kids that bullied and teased me were, um, you know, asking to be my, you know, I, I, I stayed true to me and then realized that. A lot of those kids have been ostracized from their group or whatever and came yeah. to me and realized, like, I, you know, Scott's uh, it's always been Scott. And, and yeah. so so the transition was hard, but by by high school, I feel like I really got, um, by the end of high school, I feel like I really had a groove and knew okay. who my friends were. And, uh, um, you know, not that not that I was any different. I was still the goof off, get in trouble. Um, but it was less, <laughs> but it was less bull. I didn't feel like an underdog as much in a, in a social sense as I did those first got years it. of. Uh, junior yeah. high and high school. Yeah. Well, that's pretty rare, too, because most kids do follow the herd mentality because they want to just fit in. But you were kind of almost like, hey, I'm not going to kind of follow sheep or going that way. I usually go the other way. It's just yeah. a been a, that's probably, I don't know why that is. And there's other people like this, but I, if I see a group going somewhere, it's, I'm, I'm very um, skeptical of that. It's mm-hmm. like, it's like they're all going to the slaughter or something. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to just follow right. the, the, the sheep that way. And, I can be wrong many times, but there's just something there's something skeptic about when everyone's going one direction or trying to do the same thing. I like the ying when everyone's yanging, <laughs> so, and that's been that's been a powerful uh, thought process in, in creating businesses and, and yeah. startups. Is yeah. that's when you, that's how you see opportunity and, and yeah, uh, I love that, and I, I I'm excited to get to that. Uh, so you get through high school. Um, what do you do after high school? What, uh, what do you do? Um, so in high school, actually, I mean, this kind of okay. starts off where I where I started trying to do things a little different. I didn't even go to my senior year of high school. I I went okay. and realized that I could go one more year and goof off, or I could go with a few friends to uh, at the time it was called UBSC as was a college. I'm like I'm gonna go early, or I'm gonna do some college early, get get a few credits ahead, but mostly mm-hmm. I'm gonna work. I'm gonna only go to school about two times a, a week and get the same credits that all these kids going to high school are getting because that's that's how it all ended up being. It was like oh, okay. I could go for four hours to college and so I went and did a ski team at Sundance at the time. So I <laughs> skied a lot of, and uh, nice. and then one other thing happened is I I got a job um, selling food stores. This was 1998. Um, there's a lot of people are getting crazy about Y2K. <laughs> that's right. So I, I, remember so that. I got yeah. a job selling, <laughs> selling food stores. I was knocking doors helping set up appointments for these people to come in and present the foods, these dehydrated foods. Mm-hmm. And I only did about a week of these knocking doors and making, and I realized I was pretty good at setting up these appointments for these cooks and these salespeople to come in. Yeah. Remember I'm only 17 at the time. So I'm, so I'm like, uh, it's kind of new to me to have a job like that. I'd work in the evenings. I quickly thought like, you know, I could, I could keep setting up appointments, but I could sure make a lot more money if I, also came and cooked the food. So then I asked my, this person, the sales of that company, can I be the 
sells, uh, can I also come in to cook the food? And yeah. he said, why not? Yeah. And then um, I did that, and, and here I am as a high school you know, senior at this point. Yeah. And uh, I started making $3,500 a month <laughs> at, for three hours of work every night. As a high school student, so That's I was, so, and I wasn't in high school anymore. But I would be taking. I had, I had a cell phone. I had a car. I had, this is back when there was no cell phones. I so I'd, <laughs> I'd roll around. All these kids are still in high school, and I'd come in, you know, go to a dance or go hang out with them. But I was, I kind of grew up too early. I was like, I was, I was a little. I was already trying to be the busy. You know, I had a laptop yeah. and a cell phone. I was like, guys, I gotta, I gotta go and you know do a cell, and, so and they're all, and they're all having fun, goofing off. And but I, yeah. I, but I, I couldn't help it because I'm like, this is, this was fighting that 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 thing that I had as a kid that I wasn't ever going to own a house or I was never, so I, I was trying to, you know, prove to the world that I, that even though I wasn't great academically and doing all these AP tests that a lot of my friends are doing, I'm going to, I'm going to make it in the real world way before everybody and stuff. Right. And so I kind of, I kind of was fighting, you know, some of these pre these notions that I had about myself. Yeah. <laughs> but, but before I know it, I'm, I, uh, I actually started a, an online website for selling these foods and had a internet, my own business that I was running at at eighteen at this time, um, traveling around the country doing trade shows and presentations with these uh, foods and stuff. And so I was, you know, I was off and running at, at a pretty young age, getting the experience of you know succeeding and failing because I did some things that were sure. total um, mistakes at the time. And right. and so I, I, and then I even went back to this is a really good anecdote. I went back to Lone Peak High School. I started this thing called Online High that I was going under, and it's kind of funny name now, but it wasn't it had any <laughs> right. reference to being high like that. But it was a it was a predecessor to Facebook. I, I went and got everybody to sign up and take their yearbook photo from the year before, do a profile of you know age, mm -hmm. what their like interests, and I collected all these. And I was I was creating a, a you know at the time would have been one of the first social networks in 1999, and. Uh, the only thing that kept me from like really launching that was uh, there was at that at that age no one really had um, emails or it's still at a time where people there's only maybe a few of the geeky kids or something right. using emails and computers prolifically so there was not enough of right. um, people like to create a real social network the supply and demand wasn't there but. I like to tell that story, and people remember Scott. You know, I remember when you were trying to make Facebook at at our school in '99. You know, so <laughs> really, that's I, incredible. I was, I was always tam. You know, I, I now realize that even back then, at, at that age, I was already trying to make businesses. Not much different than I am now, but yeah. um, online. No, no one can tell me. No one could tell me that that was a bad idea. No one could tell me this other one because yeah. I was so used to being told. You know. That just invigorated me. When someone tells me you can't yeah. do something, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll watch. I've we'll done watch it any time. Yeah, and and, and then cool. and so that that's kind of the that's a strong like history of kind of high school in Utah and how it turned from kind of being bullied to then hiring actually hired some of these kids really? to go knock doors for me that no would bully way. me. Yeah, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah, that is amazing. And what's interesting to me as you're saying this to me, you go back to what that teacher said back in third and fourth grade. You'll be lucky to be doing this when your parent, you know, when you get older. You know, you won't be as successful as your parents, but here you are already as a senior, and you've got really for a senior that's a pretty thriving business, yeah. You know, making I didn't money realize at the time, but yeah, yeah, you probably didn't realize at the time, but that's pretty amazing, yeah. Doing a fake, you called it online high, is that the, 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 the Facebook thing was called online high, <laughs> it's like online that. high school because I was yeah, trying to make it perfect. online, yeah, for sure, and then uh. 
and then the, the other company is called Y2K Accessories. That's what it was. I'd sell like these all these burners, stoves, dehydrated foods, water purifiers, and everyone's getting scared about Y2K. So it's a good time of noticing yeah. a need. And, oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think I bought like two grand worth of dehydrated food back then yeah. because I bought into the hype. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, all the computers are going to crash, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. So obviously they didn't crash, and so that business. Um, didn't didn't go forward much after that and i uh i went to milan italy on a lds mission for two years oh, okay right around i was actually in milan during y2k and thinking i was going to be in italy when everything melted and then nothing happened at all <laughs> i think like one like there's like one bank that might have had a little incident or something but it was right. it was so overhyped it wasn't even funny so right was, was it uh you know with your ADD, if that's what we want to call it, I guess. You had that on your mission, I'm assuming. You felt still feel that, or would you I mean, at this yeah, point, no yeah, big it's, deal? it's hard for me to. Um, I think the manifestation for me is, yeah, I don't. It's hard for me to sit down and read for hours at a time and stuff. Mm -hmm. I, 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 uh, I find that like the way I learn the fastest is through people, conversation, mm -hmm. um, bits of information here or there. And it's just a different learning style. People think ADD and they take these these pills to kind of get through the uh, school system that wants you to learn a certain way. Right. And, and I would just say that's not the only way to learn. Like right. there's there's other ways to consume stuff. And so now as a, an adult with children who also have been diagnosed, right. my oldest completely diagnosed with um, ADD, dyslexia, many things. I'm just realizing we're realizing as uh, parents that like. We could we could medicate her and we tried and it was horrible and we or and I'm just like why am I doing this when I know for myself it didn't work for me. Yeah. Now it's we're just going natural and realizing there's alternative ways for to learn. Yeah. And oh. so we've tried some really cool things. And right now she's loving a homeschool. We're doing homeschool and traveling and learning in different ways. She's uh, we're moving up to Heber where there's horses and she's gonna want to do a lot of she wants to do a lot of uh, taking care of horses and and uh, still learning but there's so many different ways to learn in our world sure. and and the public you know s system with the core curriculum that everyone's learning isn't the only way it's actually probably only good for about 20 30 percent of the population right. they say yeah so. wow well it goes back to what you were saying too earlier you know the kind of the herd mentality yeah even with this you're yeah. kind of like well here's what all the doctors and everyone's saying we should go in this direction with our daughter yeah no we're gonna go in this direction yep kind of what you did when you were younger yeah that's exactly. really cool Yep. how that kind of yeah, correlates it was working other. out it's hard i mean when we oh, took yeah. her out of school we 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 thought we were potentially ruining her life and making our daughter a, a guinea pig experiment and stuff and we were in a way but her happiness i think what what really shook it up for us is, is uh she wasn't happy she was saying things about herself and school that i mean she would come home that were you know, you know pre-suicidal tendencies i'm just like i hate myself i don't want to live anymore Wow. As a as a fourth grader, you don't want to hear that ever from your daughter. So we yeah. were, but anything at that point, you want to do anything, and and uh, and so I can you know confidently say that her her happiness levels, you know, I don't I, I don't education is very second to actually being okay with yourself. So well, right. first we had to get her to to be um, at a place where she loves herself again, and that's, sure. and we yeah. and we got her there, and she's. She still struggles, but I mean, we don't see those episodes of, of, awesome. of self-doubt and, and wanting to not live anymore. Yeah. 
Did you did you ever have those when you were that age too? I up I had I remember getting suspended, um, got suspended a lot for goofing off in middle. <laughs> and you know I had a lot of those. Um, I don't know if they do that anymore for kids, but I I spent a lot of time at home because I couldn't go back to school. <laughs> and I remember, and there were always things like things that weren't fair that I get in trouble for things that um, teachers just wanted to have it out with me. And 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 so one time I got suspended at the end of of a of a. Right, I missed the last day of like I think it was sixth grade, mm-hmm. and I was so mad because I didn't think it was my fault. Whatever happened, I just remember running. I was just full charge running into a wood fence, trying to knock myself out <laughs> head first, just diving into a wood fence. I was wow. like, I want to end this. I'm so I'm always in trouble like this. I don't want to, you know, this is not. Um, I wouldn't. Even, I didn't even vocalize or call for help. I was just like went to the park and I was just trying to like knock myself out whatever way possible because I was just like. I can't change. I'm always going to be, be in trouble. I'm always going to be that kid that gets kicked out of class. And it was, so I, 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 I say I'm a pretty positive person for the most part and I don't mm-hmm. have those tendencies, but I, I went through an episode in, in that age of around, you know, 12, 13, where it's just like, I, 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 I was quick to just like, this isn't worth it. I'm, I'm done. But you know, luckily that didn't, was yeah. this, it didn't stick in my system. Sure. I kind of got out of it. Did you knock yourself out? I don't really remember. I think I must have. I was just bawling. I had just I had just an attack of total yeah. depression, bawling my eyes For out. Sure. And, you know, just I yeah. didn't. I never. I didn't do the. You know, I can't think of the time I did self harm. I think I was too scared to actually hurt myself. But that's why I was trying to knock myself out so I didn't have to feel it. But. Well, what's interesting to me is you're saying this too, and this happens a lot that because you weren't fitting the mold of you know public schools and mm-hmm. things like that is. And not just for you, for a lot of kids, it's like something's wrong with you. Like mm-hmm. something's wrong. These kids are doing, these kids are normal. You're not. Something's oh, yeah. wrong with you. And growing up in that is you're thinking that that could get really kind of dark and, and, and scary at times. But the truth is, and what you've discovered and what you're saying is that, no, th- that's one way to do things. Here's another way. To, it's not, there's nothing wrong with me. You know, yeah, I might be a little, you know, hyper here and, you know, can't really maybe read a book for two hours like that kid. But, boy, here's a different way of doing it. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. I love how you discovered that. That's very cool. Yeah, it's hard. I think there's a lot of kids that <clears throat> I think we're a lot more accepting of different right now than previously. In fact, I think now it's might even be swinging. There's some, some ways I think online people are finding that different is... I think people find the online communities. They're finding ways to cope with being different. This, this, this in many different ways. I can, I can see this happening. Back in the eighties and nineties, it was very. I feel like it was very rigid. Still, um, I think we're, I think we're better now. A little bit more sensitive to it. Yeah. But uh, I don't think it. I still think there's plenty of me's out there who still feel isolated or against For the grain sure. or something. But least there's some stuff not 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 necessarily in the education system itself but maybe awareness and groups and you know people that were went through it as kids are now the adults and they're mm-hmm. and they're realizing like we can do better than i don't yeah. want i don't want to provide the same <laughs> thing like is let's not call it the gifted program anymore that's pretty dumb like right. let's get rid of that type of thing i think i think you were seeing a little bit more uh, yeah. um you know almost to the, a, a different degree though because now everyone's special and unique and you see people being raised um, without kind of being. I, there's some. I grew up in a time where I think it was really lucky that I 
if had I been totally praised and got smiley faces for all my, you know, things that I did or something, you know, was, wasn't told, you know, if I didn't have, if I didn't get in trouble suspended in the ways I did and, you know, they, they somehow found some other way to alternatively work with me, I might have not learned the same way and yeah. might have been dealt with it in a way that didn't create my kind of drive to, you know, as, to be different in the way that I am different or to see things differently. Sure. So I, I do think we're also in some ways trying to make everything acceptable in a, in a, in a way that yeah. maybe doesn't strengthen the muscles of, I uh, agree. I don't know how to explain it. Really. No, I, I know exactly what you're saying. It's almost like you get a, you get a, you get a trophy for last place, just like yeah, the yeah. first place. It's like, well, first place guy worked his butt off and you <laughs> didn't, but you still get a reward. Yeah, a trophy, yeah. So yeah, there's that, there's that uh, fine line, happy yeah. meeting we need to find. Yeah. But, uh, couldn't agree more on that for sure. Well, let's talk about, um, so you, you, you go, you serve your mission, come home from your mission, kind of pick up from there and kind of what you started doing. Were, were you doing any businesses on your mission? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's so funny you say that. So everyone remembers me, Anziano Paul. That's Anziano, is what you call the elders in uh -huh. Italy. I didn't think of this time, but everyone remember, Everyone remembers like, I remember you were the crazy doing all the crazy marketing. So my mission is where I learned how to really get attention in a different uh -huh. way. And I started okay. realizing I need to... I could do the same thing that everyone's doing in Italy, which doesn't work. Right. Or I could start, you know, doing really different stuff. So I was, I was, uh, I kind of made a lab in Milan with a lot of technology. I, I bought a computer. I got all these things. I started printing my own really uh, flyers for things. And I would, uh, we would join these clubs that would like learning these, we joined these clubs of expats that were in Italy. Okay. So and I, all these Irish people and uh, American and Canadians. And we We'd, uh, you know, go and, and try to get into groups where people would meet to talk or whatever and show up, these two missionaries would show up. And so we made all these friends with people who could understand us, who were, you know, wanting to listen in environments that were different than just approaching someone on the street. And um, so I, I would try to find alternative ways to to get into having discussions about what we were, you know, there to teach and versus yeah. just the... The, the hard uh, the hard ask on the street which just doesn't really work that well to, right. to and so I also got this big um, big piece of cardboard and I made a, a big you know Book of Mormon which is the LDS religion the book that the Mormons read and for any non Mormons listening but yeah I made this big Book of Mormon and the cover and we'd walk around the middle of these big piazzas you know this is where every all the tourists and all the people go and, uh -huh. You know, I, I, everyone remembers me as Book of Mormon man where I'd, I'd walk around and everyone would hang out. All the 20 other missionaries would hand out the Book of Mormons. I'd be like the big main, like kind of, kind of goofy, but it would get, get a lot of attention. We did more uh, gifting of these books than any other group because of kind of these alternative marketing things that we were doing in places right. we'd go. And then after that, I'd go and buy the whole zone, a bunch of these uh, really yummy, they're called Panzerotti. I'd, and everyone's like, where do you get this, you know, where do you have all this money? And I, I found, I found ways to not get money, but, uh, people would, people would give me, I just, I, I had friends and they would love to give me, I had cell phone at the time, no missionaries had those, I had, had all these food stamps essentially that this one guy didn't want that taught us, he, he'd give uh -huh. us these credits that, you know, they give people, I don't know what they were for, but they were good as money, oh, okay. hundreds, hundreds of dollars of this, wow. of a euro at the time, hundreds uh -huh. of euro of these things, and. So I'd always just buy everybody lunch. So everyone just remembers, like, who who and why? How does he do this, and why is he doing it? And like, is that against the law or rules? And yeah. even the mission president there loved, you know, he loved this style. He kind of gave me the blessing. When I went and told him, 
I mean, I need a cell phone because it costs money to use our landlines, but it doesn't to use a cell phone. And if I'm out all day, I don't want to miss, you know, I don't want to, someone could be canceling on us and I don't know because it went to our home line. But with a cell phone, I get to get it, um, you know, right. directly to me. And he's like, that makes sense. Okay, keep it. So I was always the kid that had, like, that no one could understand why Anziano Paul had a cell phone, a laptop, and uh, all these, you know, all these privileges that, yeah. that no one else got. But I, I just treated it like any other negotiation for business and said, this is, this is why there's an ROI to, to my exactly. person. So, so there's a lot I still learned out there on the mission. And, that's incredible. And, uh, and then, so I came home ready to, ready to get at it. But I, I say that I came home. Went, tried to relaunch that high school Facebook thing, and okay. I got into it. I kind of got into it. Uh, um, I started doubting myself again. Like I don't know why. I got home, thought I could do things, and I realized like uh, I missed a little few years. I, I wasn't a programmer, and I didn't really know how to create mm -hmm. things I wanted to. I was pretty naive. I needed to get good grades, and I didn't really. Uh, so yeah, I didn't really. I didn't really come home as strong as I thought I would, and you know, just start. Yeah. Picking up where I left off. It took me 10 years, actually, to really? start my next company. 10 years. 10 years. That's interesting. Did you go, did you attempt college? Did you go to college? Did you get a I did. Or? I did. Uh, I went to, I didn't go right away. I went to UV, back to UVU, or okay. UBSC at the time still. And uh, and I went a different path, though. I, I just, I started, kind of came home, and it was just, I just didn't like there's a war was going on with Iraq. There's a lot of things. I kind of got a little bit liberal. I'm just like, why are, you know, I, I like the year, some of the European things that I had yeah, seen. I'm like, yeah. so I kind of had a little bit of inner conflict. It's a time where you're looking for marriage and a spouse. And I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't, I was just confused. And so I went and did a job that changed my life. Um, probably why it took 10 years to kind of get back to, to mm -hmm. business. But that's because the job was so incredible. It was, uh, called Anasazi. It's a, it's a thing down in Arizona where you go out with, uh, in the wilderness for two months with kids that are yeah. uh, trying to do recovery of some sure. sort. So it's like wilderness therapy. And that job really just, uh, you know, it was changed me and, uh, learned a lot about myself. And so I really kind of went, went, uh, introspective for a while and, uh, and try to work on myself. And so not so much on like how to grow businesses, but I'm like, I need to, I need to get me, I need to be a, a, as an individual, you know, not just financially or like, you know, it, it, I, I, want, I need to become somebody I want to become as far as that someone would want to marry. And, right. And uh, a good dad, a good, you know, because I was, even, even after all these successes, I still hadn't really rounded out some of my edges of just kind of still being pretty crazy and probably not marriage material, but this job <laughs> really made, really kind of helped me be calm in the right times and, mm -hmm. and pensive and in retrospective in good ways and, and really just got close to, you know, creator and things happening that, that, uh, I was, I was too blind to before, even on my mission. And so, um, and people just sensitive to the, pe the people that we were helping. And yeah, so yeah. that changed my life. I, I committed to be a you know, certain person. And then I met Natalie, my wife at the time, right after that. And that, and that started a new chapter. We were poor for a good long time. And then finally we got the courage to start you know, making companies again. Okay. What was the first company that you, after the 10 year so it was, sabbatical? Uh, so it was about eight years after, nine years, and uh, uh, drones, way before these drones were flying around everywhere, I started, I tried to build a, a drone company. <laughs> really? And you can imagine in 2007, yeah. eight, this was not something anybody was doing, very expensive. 
I spent, I probably had this one of the first drones in Utah, and not the U.S. I bought it from Germany, shipped it in, it was $8,000. Tried to get it out with cameras on it to film, and uh, it got away from us the first flight, landed in a baseball game on first base, and everyone thought a spider fell out of the sky. It was, really? And we came, grabbed it, and ran away, and I broke it, and it was like $8,000 down the drain. Oh. And so I had these, I had these really, <laughs> so that was not easy learning my own, like trying to do my own business. I quickly failed, you know, the first one and realized, um, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like this, maybe this was good. I haven't tried for the last 10 years, um, but I'd saved up enough money to try again. So I tried, kept trying drones. I had another idea and, uh, I was going to try to do, you know, website or film or like tourism industry mm-hmm. and I was the iPad came out and I was gonna put the these films on the iPad in lobbies of hotels and try to help the hotels kind of sell the area that they're in Moab and Park right. City. Yeah. So I was trying to make the software to kind of show these tours, visual tours. But everybody wanted the iPad, not the visual tour. They just wanted an iPad in their lobby. So I'm like so one time I brought this metal case for the iPad to the to one of the presentations for my software that never really got built. And they said, let me have that, you know, where can I get that? I'm like, um, I'll make another one, you know. And so yeah. I started making these metal cases for iPads. Really? And that company became a really large. We're the first company making the industrial cases for, for the technology, the tablets. And so uh, had iPad enclosures with the, I bought that URL, that website, and then it became Armor Active. And we were the, we had about 40 people working for us here in Salt Lake making all sorts of tablet enclosures for like point of sale when people swipe uh-huh. your right. credit cards and hanging on the wall to um, present, you know, kiosks that you see when you go to a trade show or somewhere. And, uh, you know, you can see them all the time now still. And it's been years since I've done that, but that was my first real big success was just kind of got lucky, but I was always trying. And that's, yeah. that's a real thing. I tell anybody trying to do stuff is you can't stop. If I had to stop the drones falling out of the sky and succeeding there, I would have never, come across the other one so i'm always swinging yeah you just got to swing swing from the, and one, and one will come through <laughs> so that so the ipad one started yeah. me on a good path uh i did I, meanwhile i was doing an mba at school so okay here's a here's a kid that you know was never really bright in school or at least not in, gifted gifted in, <laughs> gifted in the way and i was able to go get an mba from the university of utah and it wasn't you know it was hard but it wasn't so hard that uh, i couldn't finish it and you know now i'm now i'm you know, now I have the same, more or less the same t- degrees that most of the kids that, you know, were gifted had. I'm, 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 I can, I can do most of the things. My brothers all, you know, they went to more prestigious schools, but, you know, we all did the MBA and they were the kids that had all the honors and stuff. Right. And so I always kind of measure myself against my brothers who did things right and did everything yeah. great. They're all, they have great jobs, you know, but they haven't had the, the same levels of success because, uh, right. I, you know, when you go out on your own, you can fail hard, but you can also win much bigger and so i had some wins that um had another company that sold to disney uh, just a few years after the ipad one what, All, was, what was that business that was a business that does influencer marketing so i helped uh, companies work with big social media stars and brands but mm-hmm. would you know, want to work with these rising stars and i would be the broker of that and create a big network of that with another partner um, i started i started social network apps i've uh I've now invested in 30 different companies here that yeah, are in yeah. LA and Utah that are um, doing stuff like that. So I have a, so now I see a ton of things and I, you know, I have a, my, my hands on, now my ADD actually helps me in that I can 
take in a lot of information from a lot of different sources and evaluate things really quickly and, and, uh, and, and advise a lot of different people and, you know, with experience and I, I can connect things. I realize I have this ability to associate or, uh, yeah, it's just this, you know, I can hear something over here and know how it makes sense over in this industry. And, and so I can, you know, cross pollinate all these good ideas and at the right time with the right people. And, yeah. and so something that, I would never have had that. I don't think if I wasn't, if I didn't follow my, you know, heart and just think, you know, this is, this is me. If I try to change this or medicate this, but now wow. it's now it's power. It's a powerful competitive that, advantage for how I operate. That is amazing. Yeah. So it goes from when you're growing up that this is a problem, something might be wrong with you, versus it's actually a blessing, it's a gift yeah. that you have. Yeah. Yeah, and I love what you just said there. You said instead of medicating and saying something's wrong. Yeah. which would stop you from feeling and being the way you are. You're like, no, this is who I am, and I'm going to be. And yeah, it comes with struggles, like with any normal person. We all have our little struggles, whatever they might be. Yeah. But we all also have our gifts and our talents, and so it's allowed you to shine. Yeah, you know? I, think, I mean, my wife still struggles with it because it's, like, it's uh, <laughs> right. hard to be married to someone with that energy. And, you're uh, over here, you're yes, over here, you're yes, over here. Yes. But at the same time, you're connecting, you're doing things, and and we're making some, and we've made a really good, some really good moves in our life to to bring it's to bring me. We're doing things now that help with uh, um, some of my di easy to be distracted. I'm, I'm I'm making efforts to you know delete, for example, I don't do any social media anymore. I'm I'm, I'm off. I realize that it's a it's an addiction just like anything else right now. If you don't watch your use of your phone and your social media and other things. You can be sitting there on it while your two-year-old is looking for your attention, and, and, yeah. you're, and you're you can't get out of yeah. it because it's so addicting. So I'm like, I saw that myself. I saw it on the people. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta quit this stuff. It's not, it's yeah. it's gonna, it's gonna, it's it's not. No one, we don't have the studies yet to show like what what this is doing, but yeah. I think it's a really horrible thing for this generation, especially the youth. Some of these Snapchat and stuff. I I really advise against it. I had a brother who struggled. Uh, tremendously with it so um, i've seen some really bad effects of over overuse of phones and so that's something i'm gonna try and do in my life right now is just kind of limit my digital yeah. consumption that's awesome it was, it was actually not helping I, I thought that i could be on the front end of things by knowing all this stuff and i realized it was actually not not actually playing into my strategy of being able to associate a lot of things it was actually just numbing me more than it was helping so i i'm yeah. like I gotta, I gotta cut that out wow that's awesome when did you make that decision? Was that recent, or was that something? That's a few months ago, but yeah. I, I've been really trying to get behind people who are have a company that I've been helping called Smart Social, who creates content for schools on how to be a good digital citizen, um, but also how to overcome some of the problems of social media. And he helps mm -hmm. educate parents. He does assemblies all over the world about like any time there's a shooting. He's one of the first guys that gets called because oh, really? he goes in and talks about some of the bullying effects, and it's not just, it's, it's not guns. It's the it's the it's the stuff that's going on at the schools. It's the, it's, right. it's another game happening, and and he'll go in and just he doesn't you know he's not anti gun. He just goes in and says, like, here's here's how we can be good digital citizens of each other so that we don't have this. A lot of these shootings come from things that are happening there a lot of the some but some of the i should say causes but there's they're looking back at the suicides and shootings and they're looking at the phones of these kids and realizing yeah. there's a trail of 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 things that were happening on the, those devices from from being bullied or from um you know uh 
just they're, they were trying it. They were they were getting doing things on those devices that had they had they, had they not had the device that they might have been able to yeah. uh, be helped. So I, I I think I help him, and I'm hoping that this uh, this uh, smart social yeah. company can get to more people. And uh, and so I, that's that's been going on for about three years. Where I realized I need to do something there because I right. actually had a social network with a million people on it. Um, about the right. time Instagram came out, I started one too. And I saw the behaviors of, of bullying and things, you know, with that many members, you see a lot of things. And so I realized, I, I know how they operate and how they work. And I know that they can be good, but for the most part, they can be just huge distractions to what's valuable in life. And so, yeah. so I've been, wow. I've been, I've been on one of that. I think my latest thing has been trying to figure out kids, phones, social media. What am I, what is my, what am I supposed to be doing there? Um, Right. I'm a parent that doesn't have my my daughter doesn't have a phone yet. That's right. not because I. It's just because I don't know yet. That yeah. I don't know what it right. means to have a phone. The science isn't back yet. We don't right. have. We don't know if these are <clears throat> doing net good or positive or bad at gotcha. this point. So I've decided to just plead with, or just not. Yeah, just, just pause. I'm pause for a minute. Yeah, yeah, until you get some more information. Yeah. That's pretty incredible, Scott. And and a lot of people, you know, you think about the social media too, not just the bullying, but. Most of the stuff out there, and I'm not, and I'm not bagging on anyone here specifically, but it's like the fo- the followers that they do have, it's all fictitious. It's yeah. not even real. Followers, the lights they're showing you on know, there. Like I'll give you an example. Uh, and this is kind of taking a little segue here, no. but you know, you look at you, there's a lot of women out there who, you know, they're showing off their 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 butts and their yep. and, oh and, yeah, and you you know for a fact. A million, they have a million followers. I would say nine hundred thousand of them are because she's got a nice butt. Oh yeah, you know what I mean? Like well, yeah, nine hundred ninety-nine. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's like only like hundred of those are friends that they she knows. Exactly. Like, what are your real, true, hardcore? Yeah. You know, I can call this friend up. You yeah. will help me because I'm struggling. Versus, I'm following you because you look good. Yeah. Whatever. Versus. So yeah, there's that fine line, and I, I want to talk to you more about this. Yeah. Um, which maybe won't do another. <laughs> podcast on just that <laughs> yeah that's a that's um, a whole thing right there and i've got sure. some good info for you i think maybe that uh, we can talk about as well but uh so what what are you currently doing right now and, and then we'll kind of i got a, another question for you and we'll kind of wrap it up here just two things I mean, i'll say on my business life i'm the ceo of a company that a software company that helps business helps businesses find and hit that person with that, that the girl with the nice butt. <laughs> and, and that sounds funny, but every day there's businesses out there. Like everyone knows this Purple Mattress Company, right? They're a big one that right. uh, mm-hmm. sells direct to consumers or maybe a, like, uh, um, I'm trying to think of another company, but they sell thousands of beds or thousands and they have thousands of customers. Very few of these companies know who's buying their products because all they get is an email and a price and a shipping address. So my latest company is just a culmination of many things that I've seen over the last years and companies like the one I did for Disney. I, mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I create a software that helps them understand who those buyers are. Are they, are they a Todd Sylvester who has an influence in a podcast? Are they, um, that girl with I spot that has a million followers? They want to know those things because yeah. if they can make that experience for that customer really good, that person might share it with all their fake followers. You know, but <laughs> that still has an effect. We make we right. buy we buy we buy products from from what these people do sometimes, and so the software just helps 
helps uh, brands work with their influencers that they don't know about. Gotcha. There's really cool things that people find, like Purple found that, that Tim Cook, a CEO of Apple, bought, bought, a, bought a product from them. And that's just like, oh, that was okay. a really cool thing for their for sure. team to know and stuff. Oh, and, yeah. our, and our software looks at the, the data and, and is able to extract that. So yeah. um, that, that's what I'm doing in business now. And I'm also advising and own a um, portion of a lot of companies, either you know 1% of a company or up to maybe 30% of another company. Just just by you know taking my capital and putting it into other people, and other believers, dreamers, entrepreneurs that I think are going to uh, make something of the of the company and themselves. I've been wrong, you know, maybe fifty percent of the time, but that's actually yeah. better than uh, yeah. A lot of, when it comes to investing in in, in in angel investing, you usually hope to get one or two for every twenty <laughs> investments, yeah. so that yeah. go big and so. Um, there's a lot of good ones that I, I believe in and stuff, but it's really helped me. It's how I kind of keep a pulse on the market is by knowing these CEOs and founders and keeping me alive, hearing what's happening. That helps me understand where trends are going. So I, but at the same time, I've also made a decision in my personal life. I, we're, we're going to probably move somewhere with some horses and some, you know, get some goats and the girls really want to do animals. And so that's, uh, hey, you mentioned you, you might be moving up to Hebrew, Hebrew exactly yeah, that right? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, how soon? Or? In August, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. You just so, shared just it with the world. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, it might not happen, but we're, yeah. we're, we'll have it at some point just because we know yeah. we want to um, we'll, we'll do real life. I, so, like, right now, in fact, I, I want yeah. to, anything I can do to compete against the attention, the, what the phones are going to try to rob from our kids, I, I just think it's a real problem. Um, I, you know, how your kids are older now, but mm-hmm. my kids are coming up to that age sure. where they have to negotiate and compete against it with their attention against things on these phones, or you know, going outside and and running around the streets with kids and and taking care of animals or doing sports and stuff. And I I want to give them an environment where where the real life is is so potent that they can that it competes with the phones. But I find that a lot of times if you're in you're not really trying to Create a life, uh, create an environment that that is you know compelling and, and invigorating. That they can they'll fall to these devices. Even if they don't have them, they'll go to the friend's house that has right. them. So, I, right. I just uh, while I'm pausing right now, is you know buying them the phones. Sure. I also want to fill that void with some very invigorating exactly. um, activities. And so we found a place that just allows us to have yeah. that those type of you know uh, an, an outdoor environment that's just really really uh, compelling and that's our girls awesome. love being outdoors sure, and sure. animals and taking it's care therapeutic of therapeutic too all of that yeah. yeah love that scott that's amazing um okay i got a couple more questions for you um the, the first one i want to ask you is if you could go back to your younger self mm-hmm. what advice would you give yourself if, 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 if any i know you probably wouldn't change a thing because this has been such a blessing but if you could go back and tell your you know junior high self or you know what advice would you give yourself do you think so yeah, you're right like i don't i i'm not someone who's lives with a lot of regret because mm-hmm. um my wife has she's a lot more conscientious she thinks about those go back in mind replays things right i don't really replay i'm not someone that tries yeah. to replay <laughs> or say like i wish i had done this i've never actually yeah. lived with much regret um because <clears throat> i just realized it's not a healthy it's not a healthy thing to dwell too much on the past Unless it's you know helping your thoughts be, you know be positive for the future, I don't know. So I, I don't, I can't say that I've ever thought about that often and, and like have an answer right now. But I would say that um, 
there were times where I took, where I thought my junior high or high school self was, was, was reality. Where I thought this yeah. was important yeah. and these people are important and, and you, and they are, but not, they're going to play so little, uh, have so little effect on your life. Like how many people do you still know from junior high and stuff? Right. And like right. our real friends will come throughout our life and some will be from junior high, some will be from high school, some will be from college, some will be from a mission, some will be yeah. your your wife's friends that you meet after. I mean, what we put, when when you're in those age, when you're in those that age of, of you know, I'm going to call it like 12 to 18, we think that is such a crucial, like that's the world, you know, we're in the center of it and all those people matter and their opinions. I wish I could go back to myself and, and, and even tell myself earlier that this is all a joke. That this isn't real. And I should have been starting a company when I was in junior high. Yeah. I should have, I had a lot of power then. I had a lot of insight that I should have, I should have, I mean, that sounds crazy, but like, I guess I could have, I, I, I could have got rid of those beliefs earlier and not worried so much about the pecking order and stuff. Yeah. And I think it's harder than ever right now. I think kids have Snapchat and they're looking at the pecking, they're looking at what everybody's doing all day long and they're wondering what they're missing out on. There's the term FOMO. It's a yeah. fear of missing out. It's, missing it's, out. it's huge. And, and if I could just go talk to these kids and just tell them how 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 much energy is being wasted thinking and caring and worrying about mm-hmm. these social things that that are that are fictitious or fake and other people's lives they're, they're just making look better on social media. That's that's what I want to go do, and I, that's really strong right now because I've got my brother who's really struggled with that. I've been trying right. to help him, right, right. But I think I struggle with that too, and I just didn't I I didn't realize until later in high school that this is a uh, this isn't the center of the universe. Right. This, these people aren't going to yeah. really dictate my my future. So I think yeah. we think that for some reason. And the quicker we figure that out, it makes the transition to real world easier when you get out to college or when you get to the real jobs. Because yeah. if you're if you're stuck in high school, you know you're, you're like that guy on the Napoleon Dynamite, the Uncle Rico. You know, <laughs> yeah. you're sitting there just thinking about yeah. throwing that, that football. You know, I can, I can throw the football in the mountain. Yeah, right, right. Like, it's such a classic character because there are people that get stuck in that. And, uh, yeah, they're stuck in the past yeah. and they're wishing they did this, this, or this. Yeah. And, no. Wow, that's you great. Can start, you can start fresh to right now today. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm evidence of like just anything's possible at any time because yeah. I, I just, I always thought it was that. Like, it didn't matter where I was in the world or um, where my education was at or what I was doing. I mean, there's definitely I had a good, a good upbringing. I didn't, yeah. I had parents that, you know, believed in me and, and uh, you know that's and that's that's helpful for sure but uh but i had mm-hmm. to I, I i just always think from the start like like the moment like i'm, I'm really big into ideas and yeah. and companies and i think everyone has them as i've gone around i meet everybody has a shark tank idea or something they want to mm-hmm. do everybody has this like spark of like this is how i could better this or stuff and mm-hmm. i i really try to coach people on, on chasing those ideas in any form because it's really it's really possible for anyone to start something it doesn't right. have to be a company it could be a blog it could be this podcast yeah. but everybody has something they can um, share and and create and, and so I'm I'm really uh, and I can you know yeah, the more you dwell in the past the less you you're, you're the less you're able to um, go forward and do this new thing right. so I'm just everyone's just like go get a blank piece of paper start today and, and do something different you know i love that there's your challenge right there that's what that was going to be my next question but i think that's i love it i think that's great you know i don't know if you know this but people who see you from a distance you know i'm speaking for myself here you come across as a very humble person 
Is that fair to say? I mean, I was bald when I was 18, so I had, I had, to, I had to quickly learn that I don't have the, I don't have your, uh, your, your stellar, your, your looks and stuff yeah, right, to be able to right. go about. And I had to become humorous and self, uh, I kind of do, a, what do you call it, self-deprecate and stuff, and it helps me. I, I was able yeah. to, that's another actually really interesting thing, but losing my hair, I had a lot of hair in my teenage years. Uh-huh. I thought I was good looking and stuff, and I lost it my senior year. I had to deal with, um, you know, like, how am I going to get married now? I have no hair, you know, but, yeah. but, uh, it actually, in a good way, my wife will agree, humbled me a lot and yeah. made me care about things that matter. You know, yeah. instead of, instead of worrying about like outside appearances, I had to start working on like, who am I as a person? And, yeah. and I think that's, I, I kind of contributed my, my lots of hair to not being humble, but being, uh, to, to not, to being the opposite of humble, whatever sure, it is, I know to, what being, you mean. to being yeah. arrogant and, and, yeah. and stuff. And so I've, I kind of learned to really focus on people's people, yeah. who people are and not sure. how they appear. No, I love that. And, and, and the reason why I say that too is, I mean, you've been very successful at these businesses you put together. I mean, I mean, millions and millions and millions of dollars. No one would ever know that from you. Like just like meeting you for the first time, you, you just don't, you know what I mean? Like well, you don't come across <laughs> that way, which this is seriously a compliment. Yeah. Like you would never know, but you're really humble. Like, even what you've told our listeners today, you, you've really kind of almost even kind of downplayed a little bit, but you've been very successful and made lots of money doing this. Yeah, I did. well, I think, so go back to, remember Anasazi, that thing? Yeah. I learned out there, so so I was homeless. When mm-hmm. I was in Anasazi, I, 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 I did, I was pretty much what the teacher said. I, <laughs> I was, I had a bag, I had a few hundred bucks in my name, I had a bag and some dehydrated foods that I take out on the trail, and I come home with a few hundred bucks every week. And I was living in the dirt. I'd shower once, you know. It was, it, that's what yeah. you do. Yeah. But I had moments out there where I decided what my life was going to be like. And I mm-hmm. said, and I, and I, and I knew that I had the happiest moment in my life when I was when we couldn't find water for two days. And uh, I don't, you know, I don't think I was like hallucinating or anything. But it was. <laughs> but I realized that having, having nothing was actually the most powerful thing that ever happened to me. And I realized like when I, I will, uh, if I could ever get back to this level of happiness, I, it'll be, I'll be successful. Like, meaning if, if I can bring, if I can go out and have a job and have a family, but find what I found out there. And it happened when I had nothing at all. So, wow. so there's a, there's a really a strong, um, belief of mine of that. Yes, I have, I have resources now that I never would have imagined back then, but I realized that they're not the source of the happiness, the happiest I'd ever realized when I had nothing. So I, I try to really, um, not, and I've, and I failed at this actually. I've, I've, I've let yeah. some of those resources distract me and stuff. Sure. But, uh, I do know that, that the hap- you can be absolutely some of the, ha- the, ha- the happiest person and nothing to do with money or success, um, at least financial success. Sure. And I saw that in my mission with, some of the poorest people, the Peruvian families that were, you know, there living in, in Italy were the happiest. Meanwhile, the rich Italians were miserable. I, I always watched them like, why are these people so happy? They have nothing and work really hard. And these people that are, you know, here native to the land with all the money and the privilege are, were very unhappy. And I, I just, I had saw that juxtaposition every day yeah, and, I, wow. and it, and it yeah. made me think. And then, and then Anasazi, I had that own experience with myself. So that's, I appreciate your compliments there, and I, I would love that, and, and I'm glad yeah. that's how you see me. Totally and, and, see uh, it that way, yeah. But I, but I, I think that was deliberate. I deliberately mm-hmm. said I will never 
always going to try to get back to that Anasazi, that 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 kid in the wilderness with you know. And so my dress, everything. I don't. I dress very very much like. But if you give me a free shirt, I'll wear it for the rest of my life. Type of guy. <laughs> and so people just don't. Yeah, I don't. They don't. I don't come across really as. as a, I come across more as a as a bum most of the time than I, than I do some of that as a job, to be honest. But yeah. that's a that's a that's a, those aren't important to me. That's a thing. Yeah. Those not those aren't important to me, and they shouldn't be to many people. I think there's so much we can learn and do that for sure. With that not focusing on my hair or my appearance and stuff right. that, that I try to, that I, that I think has helped me be who I have become. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. That is very awesome. You're very inspiring um, to me, and uh, I really respect what you do and how you live your life, and that you do think out of the box. You're always doing things, traveling with your family, like, well, we're going to just take kids out of school, we're going to travel for <laughs> six months, yeah. you know? And, but you, you've been doing that since you were a little kid. You've been thinking out of the box, you know, you weren't supposedly the gifted kid, but in, in reality, you really were. And that's the beauty. Yeah. You were the gifted kid, you know? But we're all gifted. Yeah. That's the cool thing. Thanks so, yeah. So, um, if, uh, I don't know if you're open to this, since you're not on social media right now, but yeah. uh, if someone wanted to reach out to you, how would they do that? If they wanted to maybe ask you a couple questions or, you know, someone listening who really oh, was yeah. inspired by no, what I, you said, would how just, would they reach out to you? I would just you? email me at um, Scott Paul. That's my name, and then the number two at Gmail. So Scott Paul two at Gmail. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah, and and uh, sometimes people use LinkedIn, so you could try to connect. I just, but like I said, I am off, so I have <laughs> I have all these requests and stuff, and I haven't been. It's it's hard for me to do this because yeah. like there's opportunities there and stuff, but I I I'm really trying to practice not not checking those. So email I do still check, and, yeah. and so Scott Paul two at Gmail. Okay, beautiful. I'd love to. I'd love to. Um, guide people in any, in any direction that they're looking to, especially if they're, you know, trying to revisit something or go a different direction with their life on, 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 yeah. uh, especially if it's an idea or something that's, that's the ideas to me are, are fuel for my brain. Hearing sure. someone share their idea to me yeah. is, is, uh, is food. It's hard to yeah. explain. But, yeah, no, I get it. I get so. it, man. That's your passion. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much for being on the podcast and, uh, for sharing your beliefs and how, some maybe have held you back, but actually set you free and truly inspiring to hear this. And I learned a lot about you today too, that okay. I didn't know, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's very cool. Um, time went, flew by, but that was probably an hour. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah. We're, we're over an hour. Wow. We're, we're over an hour for sure. The listeners had a long commute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was awesome. So listeners, thank you for tuning in. Uh, please share this with anyone and everyone. Uh, obviously the more we can get this out, the better. Um, Scott has a very powerful story and beliefs, and uh, uh, I don't know. I just I feel very inspired myself just listening to your story. And thank you. Man. But thanks I for agree. being on here. You definitely inspired me with your story. So. Yeah, thank you so Glad much. Both ways. Okay. Thanks for uh, tuning in, folks. See you later.